go. We are live. Okay. Here is our practical idea on the Torah portion of the week. Okay. Everyone ready? In this week's Parsha, it starts with the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. That Aaron the Kohen, the priest, the Kohanim have a mitzvah to light the menorah in the temple. It's actually not really a mitzvah. It was done by the Kohanim. It wasn't a mitzvah just for Kohanim, but the Kohanim, Aaron is instructed to light the menorah in the temple every day. The menorah that we light on Hanukkah is not really a menorah. The menorah in the temple was a seven-branched candelabra. Ours are eight branches. And there's a mitzvah to light it every single day in the temple. And the Talmud asks, why is this week's Parsha next to last week's Parsha? If you were here last week, I think Jacob was, we discussed that the last week's Parsha ends with the gifts that were brought by the princes, the, the chiefs of the different tribes, as part of the inauguration for the, the tabernacle, for the Mishkan, for the, the, the miniature temple that was the portable temple in the desert. So there's something called a Chanukas Ha Mishkan. A Chanukah means an inauguration. And for this inauguration ceremony where they began the whole thing, the 12 tribes each brought certain gifts to the temple. And they all brought their gifts. And the irony is that they each brought the same gift. Okay, but that was what we talked about last week. Remember, Jacob? Remember that? So they all brought the initial gifts, except for Aaron. Aaron's tribe did not bring one of these initial gifts. And in this week's Parsha, Rashi says Aaron was depressed. He thought that because his tribe didn't receive a special prophecy to bring one of these voluntary gifts, maybe his tribe was thrown away because of the sin of the golden calf which he committed. Aaron himself built the golden calf. He thought because of that, his tribe is not part of this initial uh, ceremony. And he was feeling depressed. So Hashem says, don't worry. You're going to do something even better. You're going to light the menorah every day in the temple. That's what Rashi says. Okay? And there's a couple of major problems. I want you to think about it clearly. Okay? Why is Aaron depressed? Because he didn't get to bring Unmute yourselves. He didn't get to bring one of the witch offerings. Inaugurational offerings. Okay? The first offerings brought in the temple. The very first ones. It's very exciting. He didn't get to bring those. So God says, so, okay, you didn't get to bring those. Don't worry. You get to light the menorah every day. That is akin to the following metaphor. Listen carefully. Jesse opens up his famous restaurant after... Years of learning to become a master chef, he finally opens up Jesse's Grill. And he invites his relatives and the mayor of the town. And there's a ribbon-cutting ceremony. And they take the dollar bill and they post it on the wall. And there's a whole thing. And it's really fancy and really special, okay? There's only one thing he forgot to invite. Uncle Dimitri. Uncle Dimitri did not get invited. Oh, gosh. I forgot to invite Dimitri. So you know what he says to Dimitri? Dimitri, don't worry. You can do the dishes in the kitchen all week. Whenever you want, just come and do the dishes. No problem. What's, what's the problem with the metaphor that Rashi says? Why is Aaron depressed? Is he depressed because he didn't get to bring sacrifices in the temple? Undo your things and say something. Ooh. 
Kohen? No. The Kohanim get to do something very special. In fact, they get to do all the sacrifices in the temple. They're the ones bringing the sacrifices in the temple. But what was Aaron depressed about at that moment? What was he depressed about? What kind of sacrifice did he want to bring? What type of gift did he want to give to God? Oh, yeah, which means what? Oh, the ribbon cutting ceremony. He wanted to be part of the ribbon cutting ceremony. It's more special the first time. Right? It's more special. You never forget the first time. And it's more special. And yet, God said to him, don't worry, you get to do other stuff. How does that take away from his desire to be part of the first? The first is the most exciting. And not only that, but he brings stuff all the time. Aaron brings stuff all the time in the temple. He's the one bringing all this. In fact, those sacrifices that the other tribes brought, those initial ones, he's the one that's, that actually put them on the altar and burned them up. He was doing that. So what? what's the big deal about... What's the big deal about the about Aaron about about the the lighting of the menorah that that's going to take away from his dissatisfaction? So I believe the answer is as follows: that there are two stages in life. There's stage one, the initial inspiration when you do something for the very first time. It's exciting. It's fresh. You're inspired. And then there's stage two where you lose the inspiration. And we talked about this last week, Jacob. That's when marriage begins, when you lose the inspiration, but you stay with it and you do the work, the everyday grind. That is true relationship. Because you're not in it because you're inspired. You're in it because you're committed. That's real relationship. person goes on a trip to Israel. They're inspired. Rabbi, I want to learn, I want to learn Hebrew. Uh, I'm coming for Shabbos every week. I never see them again, ever. Because the inspiration went away. Right? On the other hand, person goes to yeshiva and they call me up and they're like rabbi i don't feel it anymore it's just too much work it's hard i'm not i'm not inspired anymore ah now is the real relationship now is the real growth because now you're actually forced to earn it and to own it stage one is a free gift god gives you initial inspiration love at first sight you meet each other you fall madly in love then it goes away when it goes away the relationship begins now are you in it for the right reasons, or are you in it for yourself? You want the easy way out? That's when. What does everyone do at that moment? Most people, when the inspiration goes away, Jesse, what do they do? When they lose, they give up. When it's a relationship, what do they do? It ends with up. Break up. They break up, and that is also a mess up. Okay? So when you do the work, then after working hard for 10 years, then the spark comes back and now you've owned it. And now that romance, that, that relationship you get after 10 years of marriage is real. That is the secret to life. Take the inspiration and use it to motivate you to put it into action. Like we mentioned last week, and those actions that you're done consistently lead to true, long-lasting growth. The goal is not to be an inspiration junkie. 
The goal is to live a life of growth. You take the inspiration and use it as an impetus to motivate yourself to grow and to change. So now, are we frozen? We look frozen. Kind of frozen. I'm going to keep talking. If you hear me, great. Okay? My internet connection is unstable. So, so what does the mitzvah of the menorah represent? Every single day, going into the temple and lighting a flame. The flame represents the spark of inspiration. Except the flame that you light every day is you coming from your action. You have to bring about that inspiration. You have to inspire yourself. That's why the Talmud says, what's greater? To do a mitzvah because God commanded you or to do a mitzvah because you feel like it? To give your wife flowers because it's your anniversary, you're commanded, or to give your wife flowers on a random Tuesday because you feel like it? What's a greater sign of love? Random Tuesday, says Jesse. So let's hear it. Ah, when you're supposed to do it. Ah, says Jesse, it makes sense to say on a random Tuesday, that's a greater sign of love, right? Because I, I really, I love her, that's why I'm doing it. The answer is wrong. Completely counterintuitive, says the Talmud. When you give it to her on a random Tuesday, you know what you're really saying? I'm feeling inspired. And that's why I'm giving this to you. I'm having good feelings towards you. That's why I'm giving this to you. You know what that says? It doesn't say I love you. You know what it says? I love myself. And I love the way you make me feel. You're making me feel really good about myself right now. And therefore, I'm going to give you flowers. Yeah. It's it is, but it doesn't have anything to do with the other person. It has everything to do with me. When I give it because it's our anniversary and I have to, or it's her birthday, and I don't want to, but I do it anyway, what I'm saying is I love you. I'm in this relation for you, not for doing what I want and what's doing what doing what's comfortable for me. It's about making you happy. That means I'm in a relationship. When I think about your needs, not my own needs. That's the definition of love. So that's the... Excellent. So good feelings are great. But doing it when you don't have the feeling is even greater. We're not anti-romance. We're not anti-inspiration. We're just saying that that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is the stuff you do when you're not inspired. The goal of life is consistency, commitment, relationship. That's the goal of life. Growth, not running after highs. So that's the message of the Morris. Says Hashem. You weren't part of that initial inspiration, those first gifts. You're going to do something even greater. Every single day, 
you're going to have to work off the inspiration. You know what's great, even better than giving her flowers on her anniversary when you don't want to? Even greater? What's greater than giving her flowers on her on on her birthday when you don't want to? Okay. Okay, that could be meaning even when it's not when it's not her birthday, even doing it because she wants to. Okay, but even better, even better than doing it for her when you don't want to is doing it for her when you don't want to and getting yourself to want. Inspiring yourself. Doing it for her and then getting yourself into it so that you're actually your heart is in it, your emotions are in it. That's the greatest act of love. I'm not only willing to do it when I don't want to, but I'm even willing to get myself to want to. Right? You show up for prayers every day. In Judaism, you don't pray when you want to. Prayer is a set service. You got to do it every day. Why? Because it's not a relationship if you only talk to God when you feel like it. A relationship is you call home every day to tell your mother that you miss her and that you love her. Every day you got to talk to God. So you could go to get to shul and feel nothing, saying, God, I love you. That is not worth much. <laughs> it shows that you're invested in the relationship, but it doesn't build relationship. But when you come to shul and you get yourself to feel the words, you get into it, you figure out how to psych yourself up to get yourself inspired. That's the greatest. So when your wife's anniversary or your mother's birthday comes up and you don't feel anything, you're in the middle of a fight, that's when you got to get the flowers. But more than that, you got to get yourself to see the positive in that person and to actually feel that desire to connect to them. And so then you have the best of all worlds. Thank you guys for listening. I wish everyone an inspirational week, even though that's not the goal, but a week of commitment and growth and, and relationship and consistency.